What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. What is up, my party people? (laughs) We have a very long but very great episode today. We are talking to the lovely Dee from Pack of Hobbits, and we are diving in to some very deep topics. So just going to go ahead and throw it out there and give a little trigger warning. We talk a bit about addiction, eating disorders, mental health, um, all of all of the really beautiful, vulnerable things that come with being a human. Oh, and sexuality. We talk about sexuality. This is literally, it's going to be a great episode. I've been really eager to have Dee on for quite some time now to bring her perspective on all of these topics. So Dee is 28 years old, lives in Maryland with her husband Dylan and their two pups, Loaf and Sunny. Loaf is four and Sunny is eight. And if you follow Dee on Pack of Hobbits, you know she is very candid, super supportive, and extremely passionate about certain topics such as body image, mental health, and sexuality. Dee describes herself as just a gal trying to do her best in a world that has been more than heavy these days. I feel like... We all know what this means, we all know how it feels, and it is more than important right now to be kind to every single person you see. She finds the most joy in drinking coffee and making coffee content, watching all things spooky, mentally preparing for the fall, and spending time at home with her dogs. She is a homebody with big dreams, and I must add that she is also a great photographer and a badass creative. She really puts her heart all over Instagram, especially on her stories. Her stories are like the place to be, and she just shares such a great perspective, such an open-minded perspective on some of these really like vulnerable and taboo topics. So I hope you are as excited as I am to listen to this podcast, to share it, to get encouragement from it, to be inspired, to be moved because you are going to be all of those things. So let's get into this episode with Dee. All right, everybody, we have Dee here. You're going to enjoy both of our accents today. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) We were just joking about about it. Um, I feel like I, like like we were just saying, I don't feel like I have a super thick accent, but compared to people in New York, they obviously are like, yeah, you have an accent. Um, You definitely have an Appalachian accent. Oh, yes. That's exactly the area that I'm from. It's so funny that you know that. Have I told you or you just know? Well, I just know because, you know, my um, like the the Appalachian area, I feel like runs from what, like West Virginia, Maryland, a little bit in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think it stops like in Kentucky. I don't think it goes down to Tennessee. Right. But 
my um like your accent sounds very similar to my dad's side of the family yeah which is like eastern Kentucky it's so it's so funny because when you go different places like if I went home Mm -hmm. my accent is not super heavy at home but it's like you leave there at all right that's the first thing that people notice about you yeah (laughs) wait so are you where are you from I'm actually from North Carolina okay 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 yeah that makes sense I feel like Appalachia runs in Maryland though too right like the the Appalachian mountains girl (laughs) I'm so bad with geography okay well I'm gonna say yes I think I think it does I think it does and then well what part of like North Carolina I'm okay so no one ever knows where it's from okay such like a small place so I always have to say I'm 30 minutes south of Charlotte should I like pull up a map? <laughs> you can do it. Let's do it. Why not? It's called <laughs> Gastonia, North Carolina. And it's so funny. What am I allowed to say? I don't know oh, what I'm allowed to you say can, on this podcast. You can, yeah, you can cuss. I don't care. You okay. It's like, it's not cussing, but it's like my small town is known for like prostitution and drugs. Okay. Same. Pretty much. Like, yeah, no, 110%. Like where I grew up, it was like the opioid, the like pandemic or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mine's like, like heroin. We're known yeah, for like heroin. Yeah. Yeah. So Aww, bonding. Love that. Love that for us. <laughs> Just two <laughs> southern gals. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. And okay. we also made sundrop. Like that's like a type of pop. Apparently, oh, sundrop. Well, we made LA. So you need you to what? check yourself. LA. You made, what is that? It's a type of pop. A late? L8. I've never heard of that in my life. Well, I've only heard of Sundrop like a handful of times. Are they like competitors? I don't think so. But like you said that and I was just like, well, we also made a pop. <laughs> I'm real proud of it. Like I can't, I can't be proud of like the drugs and prostitution. So I'm like, guess what? We made a soda. Let's go. That's how we are too. <laughs> like beer cheese in LA. Like <gasps> beer cheese sounds so good. Beer cheese started in, in Kentucky. I don't know that I've ever had beer cheese, but I love that for Kentucky. It's great. There <laughs> was off, just, honestly. there was just a beer cheese festival. Did That's you go? No, I didn't, but okay. I know. Yeah. So I'm looking here <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> at this um, map. Can't see it. Yeah. No, I see it. I see it. Yeah. Gastonia. We call it the gas house. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, like we were definitely known for opioid. Like there was a documentary (laughs) that was in like my really. Yes, it was on. I think it was on Netflix. I swear, like it was called like Hero In or something. Like it was supposed to be like you know Hero, but like the feminine version of Hero. But it was about, I can't say that word. Like, I'm like, my speech is like, her- her- you know, I'm trying to say, right? Like, heroin? Yeah. <laughs> like, but like, like the heroin, the like female hero. Yes. But then also like the drug heroin. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know. What and you're it was saying. like about <laughs> like the crossover of a lifetime, <laughs> hard drugs, and a female hero. Well, yeah, no, that's how it was because they were like referencing this one police officer or like this one paramedic in the heroin. Uh, in, <laughs> God, 
<laughs> here we go in the area as right. like the heroine right 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 like, and she was like saving people who were overdosing on heroin damn. look it up everyone look it up i swear I love that kentucky pop off uh, yeah yeah okay just two southern <laughs> quaint girls just two heroines <laughs> just two heroines bonding i'm literally crying already and we just started <laughs> we did not i don't think we planned it to start this way <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm loving so hard. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> y'all. Nice. Okay. We're good. All right. Anyways, <laughs> let's welcome Dee to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for coming here. Yeah. You know, sh- me. sharing all of our, our all of our experiences. Um, <laughs> if you would love to just give everyone a warm welcome, tell us about yourself, tell us about your dogs, and anything fun that you you know. You've been up to over in, over in Maryland because you hey. live in Maryland now, not Gastonia. They do Carolina. live in Maryland. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. Is that is that my cue? Yep, that's your cue. Here you <laughs> okay. go, baby. Okay. Hi everyone. I'm Darian, aka D, uh, which is what you probably call me, which is what I would rather go by because honestly, Darian uh, is kind of a mouthful and kind of hard to pronounce. Anyways, that's not the point. I am 28. I live in Maryland with my husband, Dylan, and our two dogs, Loaf and Sunny. Um, currently, I'm a barista, which is the literal dream because I'm obsessed with coffee. <laughs> my uh, dream for the future is to open my own coffee shop. So I'm kind of working my way up from uh, barista, shift lead to manager to hopefully owning my own one day. Um, and some of my hobbies right now, gosh, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I really like watching scary movies, mm-hmm. but not the type that are like gory, like not like Saw or anything like that. I really okay. like slashers, like Scream and like like Friday the 13th and all that, like the cheesy ones. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I was going to say are like old school, like, you know, yeah. older scary movies. Yes. Just stuff that's not too, like, I don't like shock value for just shock value like it doesn't add anything you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah and uh currently I have a shopping addiction also because I have discovered the world of remakes which is like what I'm wearing right now it's like a repurposed t-shirt and flannel yes I have seen something like that before yeah and I can't pay my money so that's what I'm doing that shirt is very like fall vibes right yeah that's what I'm encompassing I'm trying to make it happen I like it so okay do you like haunted houses if you like scary movies I feel like I should say yes because I feel like a poser um if I don't I like the idea of haunted houses but I have such a fear this is gonna sound crazy I'm not Mm -hmm. crazy I promise but I have such a fear of of something being real, like an actual yes. crazy person getting in and actually. Yes. Me. You know what I mean? 110%. I'm like yeah. really going to out myself right here. Do but it. I also really like scary movies. Like I don't, I'm not going to be like, I watch them all the time, but like, I yeah. don't mind them. Yeah. And like, I would rather watch that than like some other genres. Mm-hmm. But I'm like terrified of haunted houses. They're scary. And, mm-hmm. And I was a freshman in high school 
and my boyfriend took me to a haunted house and we had like waited in line for like an hour. Like it was like a really long time that we had waited in line. And like, I had to like, I knew I was scared like of haunted houses. And so I was like, you know, hyping myself up, like you can do it. You can do it. Like this whole time that we were in line and we got to the front and it was like our time to go in. And like, I saw like the first like actor or whatever. I literally eat my pants. Oh, like, no, I don't blame you. It's actually yes. really terrifying. And I was like, oh my God, I was so embarrassed. I was a freshman. No, oh my God, no. Oh my gosh, yes. I was so scared. Like I literally peed my pants. Like that's not a joke. Like I literally peed my pants. So you had to leave. You had to like peace out. Be like, I smell like yeah. actual pee. I gotta go. Yeah, I literally was like, I cannot do it. Like, you know, that's bye. a valid reason to leave though like if you're looking for a reason I literally to leave, was so scared like I yeah. was hyping myself up I was like no I can't I'm so scared it's scary people are crazy you never know what could actually happen yes oh my I gosh terrifying you. terrifying okay well glad glad we got that like and we can <laughs> relate on that as well so to get into dogs a little bit oh yeah change the subject here we go I know <laughs> Um, since that's like what this podcast is about, you know, um, in like the questionnaire that I sent you that I, I I don't know if people know this, but like I send out a questionnaire to people to like fill out, to kind of, you know, get a feel for, well, feel for what we're going to talk about. But you said that your dogs, yeah, you said that your dogs have taught you quite a few things like patience and be more outgoing, I thought that one was was kind of funny because yeah. Loaf is the one that taught you to be more outgoing than Corgi and I feel like Corgis mm-hmm. are such like outgoing dogs to begin with like it's personality <laughs> trait um so do you feel like the lessons they have taught you have been applicable in other areas of your life uh yeah absolutely um the patience thing more than being outgoing I guess they're kind of equal but I uh I would say that I am an (laughs) impatient person. I'm a very true Taurus, very true Taurus. Um, I like things done a certain way and (laughs) it's hard for me to like relinquish control or have patience with people or, you know, to take things slow and, and teach and all that. But I think it's kind of weird. If you're not a dog person, it's hard to understand that your dogs teach you like real life lessons that like are applicable mm-hmm. you know what I mean like the fact that Sunny my dog Sunny uh she's so reactive and I have such high anxiety when we go out like learning how to just chill and be calm because if I don't it adds to the bad situation has like has bled over so many times in real life especially at work when <laughs> When you're, when, you know, your coworkers are just, mm-hmm. just really well, working like dealing with customers. I feel yeah. like, like, because I deal with customers too, but it's, it's totally different whenever it's like in real time. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, it's, oh gosh. How can I even describe it? Um, our clientele at the coffee shop uh, <laughs> is, is a, gosh, how do I even word this? They're like higher clientele. They expect things done quickly and they expect you okay. to just get it. Right. Um, we have some really, really incredible regulars and incredible customers that come through, but some of the people that come in just act kind of holier than thou and like above the service people. 
So <laughs> I'm a very sassy person. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot for me to bite my tongue and just be like, okay, have a great day. Here's your coffee. Right. So yeah, that patience bleeding over uh, from what I learned from Sunny specifically has helped me more than once to just kind of be like, take a breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be okay. Yeah, I feel like there have been times that I, like with Layla, kind of like the same situation, just like from her reactivity, I will literally have to be like, okay, stop and like take a deep breath or like stop and like box breathe or like something like that. Yeah. And um, because I've like gotten in the habit of doing that whenever I feel like really intense anxiety like just with her it like you said it like blood over into other areas of my life yeah which is nice yeah it's definitely it's definitely nice to have that in your kind of toolbox of ways to work through like actual real life situations because real life is hard oh my god yeah (laughs) real life is stressful you know what I mean and it's like it's nice to have extra extra techniques you can go back to Mm mm-hmm that actually yeah. came from your dogs. So yes. Cool. I feel like it's made me more like self-aware, you know, because I can like pick up on it a lot better. Yeah. Um, and I, because I feel like I didn't like realize how anxious I could be in life sometimes until it was like in real time with my dog. And then I would be like, wow, I feel like the exact same as what I did whenever <laughs> Layla made me anxious. Like, mm, <laughs> great. <laughs> like, this happens in more areas. <laughs> This is really, really cool. I'm doing yeah. great. Yeah. I, definitely I, I love that. this. <laughs> yes. Love, love that. Love that for us. I know. <laughs> Go team anxiety. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. Well, so one of the things that you like talk about on your Instagram is like dealing with mental health, anxiety, depression, like all of the above, which is great. Like we need more open space like that. I feel like obviously to, to the extent that that person can handle it. Right. Like I'm not asking you to uh, put everything out there, but you know, it's nice to have like a fellow person that gets it. Right. Um, and I've been following you for like a year now. We've grown our connection, like through messages and whatnot, all that cool stuff on Instagram. So, um, like, I kind of just want to know, like, how did your Instagram get started? And like, how did you kind of transition to talking into like some of those bigger topics and not just like talking as your dog? Because I oh, scrolled gosh. back and I saw <laughs> that you talked as low. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that is so embarrassing. Okay. So <laughs> I think as a pet parent does, when you get a little puppy, you get your little puppy, you're like, oh my gosh. It has a personality. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a voice for it. And of course, everyone wants to see it. So I'm going to make it its own account. Yeah. So that was kind of like the catalyst, like why I <laughs> launched the Instagram. And I feel like, I don't know if everyone does it or not, but a lot of people start out talking as their pet because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it sounds so crazy <laughs> when I say it now, but I'm like, okay, I have my own Instagram my personal one that that I talk about like me on and I'm like oh Lope has his own little Instagram that's going to be like his voice and it sounds insane like if you're not a dog you're just like what the heck 
you got yeah. this. I did that. I'm guilty. <laughs> um, but I think honestly, what kicked off not just talking as loaf or just posting the dogs mm-hmm. um, was actually the pandemic because I had gotten laid off from a job because they had to fire 80% of their staff because uh, like they stopped getting orders. They just right. had to take out because, you know, everything kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. So I had gotten laid off. I was in California, which I honestly did not love. I was in California at the time and it was just not for me. Really? <laughs> I didn't have many friends. Uh, the two friends that I did have, I love. Uh, but I didn't have many friends. I was missing my family and I didn't get to fly home a lot. And now the pandemic made it even more isolated. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I think <laughs> I rebranded from like, it was either cold brew Corgi or the happy little loaf. It was one of those. I rebranded from that to pack of hobbits mm-hmm. because we love Lord of the Rings in this house. Bless. Okay. And it was kind of like encompassing of like our whole family because we're homebodies and we're also kind of adventurers because we've, we've moved quite a bit. So I just, that was my thought process with that name. Mm -hmm. And it started with me entering uh, like a model search and then getting involved in the group chat, like with that, with that uh, shop, once I got chosen. Like, and then Loaf being the model. Yeah. Loaf being the model. (laughs) not me not me no (laughs) anytime I say model search if it ever comes up it's not me trust me (laughs) but yeah I use my dogs as kind of like to take the attention away from me but to kind of be a voice for others if that makes sense I love how you like how you describe that yeah it's like I I will I post pictures of myself more now than I have Mm -hmm. but in the beginning I didn't I didn't want to be on it super much super much very much yeah uh, but I still wanted to not talk as my dog and be able to post pictures other than just them by themselves right and so that was kind of the whole like thought process on like how I went from talking as love and just posting the dogs to like posting kind of broader topics mm-hmm. and things such as that yeah totally did you have to like hype yourself up and like get a little bit like gain confidence in order to talk about some of the deeper things that you do, like mental health and like sexuality and kind of opening that up? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) That was terrifying. Like even just changing, even just changing our handle, like Mm -hmm. from just the dog to like, like the more family oriented type thing was really scary and I actually posted on my story I'm like what do you guys think about this you know yeah. like, even though you're gonna no, do same. it me too I literally did the same thing <laughs> yeah it's like even though you're gonna do it anyways you would be like what do you think yeah <laughs> and everyone was super supportive because the people that follow me are some of like the best people in the world right but I think definitely from <laughs> from going to talking as your dog to going to posting like like products for shops you know, it's like a gradual evolution. And then I'm like, and now eating disorders and sexuality. and mental Yeah. I'm like, hi guys, how are we doing? I know. <laughs> Just like everything all at once. Yeah. But it was, 
it was actually really, really cool to see the types of people that started relating to my post. And that's when I started getting more involved in stories and like DMs Mm -hmm. and actually like conversing back and forth with people, which was really super cool to see and like super cool to happen because you have the people, people that you have never even spoken to before who will inbox you and say, you know, thank you for touching on this because I feel this way and I haven't seen anyone else talk about it Mm -hmm. it's just a super cool feeling it's really scary because we all know internet has tons of trolls oh yeah no and you just don't know what people are gonna say about certain things but I think I've been very lucky like keeping it kind of like my account is smaller like in the dog Instagram world Mm-hmm. So I think I've been lucky with that. I'm kind of scared if anything ever goes viral. That, yeah. that hasn't happened for me. <laughs> but that scares me to think about. I don't know what I would do with that. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like there are definitely times that I post something and like, I just know that the next time that I go on Instagram, I like have to go into it with like a, like a, I don't know how to explain it, but like my mindset has to be really good. And like, I have to know that like, if a comment is there, like they don't know my whole story type of thing. And I always think like for every negative comment, I swear I get like 15 good ones. Yeah. And it's like those 15 good ones are the ones that matter. Right. Absolutely. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how do you deal though? Like with with random people who have such like an opinion of like on your life when they don't know who you are like that I guess it doesn't really matter but you know what I mean it hasn't happened to me so I don't know yeah so I've never had anything well actually I take that back I have had the the one thing that has really really bothered me before is whenever like somebody says something like you can't like have anxiety like while you walk a dog or like you can't like, I mean, that's very much paraphrasing. Yeah. Or like you like making me feel bad for not doing X, Y, and Z while yeah. I'm like very depressed kind of thing. Yeah. Those are probably the things that like get me the most. And I swear sometimes I have to like go back and look at my old content whenever I was like feeling really good and like had like a very like good mental headspace and like was saying this because at some point like I knew that like that content was going to either help somebody or like help myself yeah and so it's like I literally go back sometimes and like read my old things and I'm like okay Carolyn like thanks for like prepping prepping this like you're like thanks past (laughs) Caroline you're the best I know right and so um yeah I do that a lot of the times and like I swear because it just all does like relate back to mental health like so my therapist and like journaling and like being able to have like my best friend or like my partner to go to and just being like Mm -hmm. you know this sucks yeah and then them being like okay yeah like that does suck and like then you know we converse and we come out to a conclusion on like how to you know get past it kind of thing so I've been there I feel that I do feel that part I haven't had viral but I do I don't know that we've spoken about like (laughs) I'm very outspoken we know this Mm -hmm. (laughs) via stories 
and I've had my share of like attacks from you know people who represent shops or mm-hmm. you know things such as that and I've had moments where I've actually like deleted my account for like a couple days in a row because you have to take a break so oh, like, yeah. I haven't had like the viral videos and like strangers right but I have had people who I thought were friends mm-hmm. kind of like change and I think me, you know what that I mean? is a whole different conversation because I've yeah. never had that kind of thing happened to me it's just Mm -hmm. been like the random people in comments I've never had a message that like made me feel bad if that makes sense it's always just been comments from random people that like don't even take the time to like look at my account or look at like the caption or anything like that like they just see the video and like you know have their immediate opinion Mm -hmm. and then type whatever and move on so I think that's also another like interesting part of dog Instagram. It's like you could keep your mouth shut about certain things that Mm -hmm. you see or like even your personal life. It could go back to your personal life. Like you can either keep your mouth shut about things that you see and that you don't feel are right Mm -hmm. or you could talk about it like you want to and possibly have it blow up at you. And it's like I think it it's kind of it's different because you usually have people, you know, attacking you when you speak on topics like shops or things related right. to dog Instagram mm-hmm. but I think the the strangers attacking you also is like is like a scary thing it's crazy how there's that parallel you know anytime you right. speak your mind on anything on any kind of topic mm-hmm. you're always like you can always be attacked for something so it's kind of I applaud anyone who puts anything out there that's even like the slightest bit that doesn't just go with the flow right because it's not easy oh no it's not yeah you definitely like have to like know how to control yourself getting on the app and like what you do Mm -hmm. on it and like sometimes I just know like if I see that like a video is doing well I will just be like okay I'm just like literally not gonna look at the comments for like a week you're like gotta go (laughs) guys later Yeah. So like I have one right now and it's so funny because it's like talking about how we got Layla from Craigslist and like she ended up like not being what they told us that she was going to be. And in my, right. And like in my caption, I was like, Hey, like, you know, I have more knowledge now. Like if you want resources, like I have this highlight all about how to like adopt or shop responsibly. Love that. Like, you know, kind of like given more of like hey like it's not just a funny video like that was just to draw you in like actually read the caption and then people in the comments are like yelling at me because I got like a Craigslist dog how dare you right and I'm like it's just so funny because it's like if you read the caption like you would see that like more people like or that I'm like trying to be more like educational about it and not just like make a funny video and I had like one person that did comment and was like, y'all should read the caption. Yeah, exactly. And, you yeah, should. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny seeing people just have like a knee jerk reaction. Like, oh my God, you're the worst. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, right. if you just breathe, like take in these examples that we're given from our dogs and just take yes. a deep breath really quick and read. Yes. People are so funny and I know. hateful and the worst sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so funny god bless yes okay let's get into like some of the deeper topics that you talk okay. about 
because I feel like they're very relatable to people. Like, I feel like I always really relate to them. Um, and it's just so much more like than just your dogs, like kind of what you said, you went from like the evolution of literally talking like as loaf to where you are now. Yeah. And one of the things that you talk about is, um, body image and eating disorders. I think you kind of touched on that. Um, and you've related it back to addiction, which LOL that we were joking about. Yeah, I know. Like, Hello. At the beginning. <laughs> Full circle. Um, yeah. So, and like food is not something that like you can just give up. Like you said that in one of your posts, like you can't just like give it up. So can you share about why this topic is so important to you and like why you decided to, to share about this topic in particular on your Instagram? Yeah. Um, so this actually more than anything I ever posted about took me so long to talk about. I think I had the post draft or the post drafted for about six months or so. I went to post it like every now and then, like I went Mm -hmm. to post it and I felt like the caption just wasn't right. Or like, I couldn't get the words right. And because this topic is specifically so close to who, like, if you want to know who I am as a person, like, Mm -hmm. this is the one. Like, I joke a lot. I make funny stories and I talk about other things that are also super important. But this is like what drives it home for me, because you're absolutely right about the fact that you just you can't stop eating because that's another form of an eating disorder right you know what I mean and it's like regulating your eating habits when you've grown up in the cycle of addiction is something that I don't see talked about a ton and it may be super specific to my situation Mm -hmm. but growing up with a mom who was absent and who chose funny enough heroin over her children And seeing a dad who was trying to raise two daughters, uh, me and my sister, while also facing addiction, um, it's, it's, it's this really dark cycle of trying to find comfort as the child in the home of addiction and pretty much only being able to count on like, you know, when are we getting McDonald's or like, Mm -hmm. is this meal going to take place? And it's like, even if I don't see my dad all day because he's doing X, Y, Z, you know, at least, you know, he has to provide food. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think as a child, I related uh, food to comfort in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Um, And so I think that's where my eating disorder started. And I do have binge eating disorder, which means for me personally, it may not be like the Google specific definition, but the way that it looks like for me is eating to fill a void or eating to, uh, how do I explain this? Let me, <laughs> let me think about this. I guess I would say, yeah, it's eating to fill a void, whether that's sadness or to like catch up with the happiness that's going on inside of you. A lot of people talk about eating when you're sad. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was always like, I'm going to hang out with my friends and we're going to go get Wendy's or we're going to go get Burger King. And it's like, friends will make plans with me. And I'm like, okay, we can do the plans, but what are we eating? 
Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like, that's where my mind always goes. It's like, I'm going to feel safe as soon as I know I can have something to eat. Mm-hmm. And I was made to feel guilty as a child if I didn't uh, finish what was provided. Yes, 100%. So, you know, when you grow up poor in in a house of addiction, you're kind of given what you're given, uh, like food-wise, and you're expected to finish it because your parent, who doesn't have a lot of money, spent money on this food. And it's like, if you don't finish it, you're made to feel guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. So, like you're I, ungrateful for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I heard that a lot growing yeah. up. Oh, gosh. Um, so, I think just going back to it all relates to like, like being made to feel guilty or being made to feel shame if you didn't finish this, this meal that your parent provided for you has definitely bled over a lot to like, I have to finish this even if I'm full Mm -hmm. or like, this is so good. And I'm so happy. So I'm going to eat it all, even though I'm full. And Mm -hmm. it just, it's, there's a lot that goes on when it goes, when it comes to binge eating and myself. But I think those two main topics have made it super hard. And that's kind of how addiction, like, like bleeds in like having parents addicted to drugs and then in a way being addicted to food yourself right you know so it's a very it's a very complex and twisted it and like in my very specific growing up situation how it kind of manifested like as an adult I still deal with it yes yeah so I was going to say, like, it's just really crazy because I've been like, like learning a lot about myself and realizing that it like manifested as a child. It's just like really crazy how that follows you along and how you don't realize like how much of a chokehold it has on you until you are self-aware enough to, to, to realize it. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of like my anxiety stems from like stability and like to like to hear you kind of talk about that like I relate to it maybe not with food but just with like other things because I knew that like that thing was going to be there for me and like that provided me stability and it's like or if I could like have control over something like you know you can control maybe not whenever you're a kid because your your parents are sitting putting it right there in front of you. But like Mm -hmm. now it's like, that's like one of the things that you can control. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a lot of people probably have some, even just like an inkling, you know, of this, like kind of like feeling about needing stability or wanting control. And maybe it's not with food. Maybe it's like with something else. Mm -hmm. Like there was definitely a time where I like wanted full control over Layla. Yeah. And like, that's like why we got so into training. And then I was like, oh, she's literally a dog with like her own feelings, like her own like actions. Like I literally cannot like control every single thing. Yeah. Um, but like that provided me comfort for a while thinking that I could like control her. Right. Because like, if you grow up without the sense of control, growing into an adult and realizing that you can have control is a very comforting feeling because you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not like 
reaching for something that I can't have. And I, I know what is going to happen next because right. I, I can control it. Yes. I definitely get that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, if they like truly like sit down and like think about it, yeah. it can a 100% relate to this in some way or another. Yeah. And also relating back to the dogs and like the food addiction, mm-hmm. I'm very specific now making sure that the dogs get like when Dylan feeds the dogs, it's usually like kibble. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's like kibble with water so that it's more moist. Mm-hmm. But when it's me, <laughs> I, it might have to do with like my eating disorder and like my lack of control with food when I was younger, but it's like, I, I get them hydrated kibble. I make sure Luke gets his allergy pill. I will give them an egg. Like if mm-hmm. it's at night to make sure they're like, they're full enough through the night until breakfast. Like I'm very, very specific mm-hmm. when it comes to feeding the dogs and like how much they eat and what they eat to make sure that they're full enough. And I feel like that could also be bleeding over. Oh my gosh. This is literally so crazy because there have been times that like, there was a time whenever Layla was like, she wasn't like overweight, but like, she definitely had like some puppy, like fat on her, I guess, like, you know, baby fat, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember like somebody saying something about it and me being like, oh shit, like, should I like cut back on her food so that she can like, you know, lose weight or whatever. Yeah. And like, you know, be skinny. And then like, you do see a lot of people on Instagram talking about just having a fit dog yeah. and like what that is supposed to look like and like how being an overweight dog can cause joint problems and like mm-hmm. various things. And it's weird because there was a time that I had anorexia. And so like, I, I know that I've caught myself like thinking like, you know, she's never like, I work with her enough, you know, we're active enough. Like she's never going to be overweight. Like she's never going to be like an right. overweight dog. But, and I've had to like tell myself that because I've caught myself being, being like, you know, more, I don't want to say like restricting. Yeah. Right. But like, I, yeah, she's I, overanalyzing I, how she looks. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy how we're kind of almost on opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys need all the food to make sure you're full overnight. And you're like, I want to make sure she doesn't get too big. And it's crazy that it all really does go back to like the idea of control, whether it's food or like, or not. That's crazy. I know that is (laughs) really, really crazy. And like, yeah, I like, I, uh, I know I like I'm talking to you and you're, you know, you're obviously like, she doesn't starve her dog but yeah right but I know like if I were to tell that to some people they would take it as the extreme kind of thing um so just to let everyone know like we don't starve (laughs) our dog and we don't like overfeed them we don't overfeed them and we don't starve them no (laughs) and it's and it yeah dog instagram is fucking brutal when it comes to like fit dogs chunky dogs right I'm specific about loaf because Loaf's joints, because he's like a dwarf dog. Mm-hmm. I'm specific about him not getting overweight. Uh, but there are people on on dog Instagram that would be like, if you don't get out every single day and you're not grinding and you're not walking up mountains and you're <laughs> walking around <laughs> your block and feeding raw food, you're doing it wrong. And there's right. just it can be so divisive too, like on dog Instagram when it comes yeah. to control, like controlling your dog's weight. It all just oh comes back to control. And it's like, 
mind blowing traumas. Hello. No. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Yeah. Okay. So kind of piggybacking off of this like body image topic. One of the other major things that you talk about is like loving yourself and like being very vulnerable in those types of conversations. Um, and like, I literally just relate to that so much because like we grew, like I grew up very happy or like what I thought was happy. And then like, I kind of woke up and was like, you know, I was depressed and it's like, just wait, what is going on? And like, I didn't recognize myself. And it was like, I had to like pick up pieces of like someone that I really didn't know about. And like, I'm still kind of in that process of like healing, you know, like, um, feel like healing is a little bit of a, uh, buzzword, but that's kind of the only way I know how to describe it. Um, so what has helped you in this journey of like rediscovering yourself and have your dogs played a role in it? Yeah. I think when you say healing, it's like a very good word to use because I feel like Mm -hmm. as adults, most of us are healing like the inner child. Yes. We, you know, we wish we could have been or like the childhood we could have had. Um, I think touching on the, the body, the body portion of everything. I was, (laughs) I went from a very smelly, chubby middle schooler. My dad didn't know how to make his daughters wear deodorant or shave their 13 year old mustache. (laughs) So I smelled like burritos in middle school and I had a full mustache, which was, you know, which was the look obviously. Mm -hmm. So I went from that to like being very, very thin in high school and feeling like, okay, this is the, like, I had a very fast metabolism so I could kind of eat anything which mm-hmm. I did because of the food thing. Um, and I would stay fit. And then all of a sudden I hit 21. I was allowed to have alcohol mm-hmm. legally. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> Pretty sure I had alcoholism by the, tw- by the time I was 23. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I went so hard, like you, you discover you can have alcohol, you can buy it for yourself, right? You can go to house parties, whenever you want. Limited disposal. Yes. Again, with the addiction, it's like, so that's another thing that happened. And I drank so hard from 21 to 23, which I, I've never talked about that on my Instagram before, but that's something that happened. Um, and I started gaining all this weight because I kept eating the same. And I added alcohol on top of it and I started gaining all this weight and it wasn't going away because the older you get, the slower your metabolism gets for the most part. And so I went through a pretty bad period, like of, of like my mental health and everything, just like hating myself, actively hating the way that I looked, the way that I felt, you know. I just, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to grow into this body. Like Mm -hmm. I never knew this body. I don't, I didn't know how to dress it. I didn't know how to, to walk around in it. (laughs) It sounds extreme, but it's kind of what it was. And actually just this year or like beginning last year, I found something. I can't remember who said it, but it's a term called body neutrality. And it's not body positivity, but it's body neutrality. And it's kind of loving your body where it's at Mm -hmm. for what it can do. 
And it's like my legs, you know, they carry me through this life. They might be bigger, they might be thicker, but they carry me through this life. And my arms help me make really amazing coffee drinks. You know what I mean? My things that you love. Yeah. Like it helps me do things that I love. And it's not tiny. Like I'm not a tiny person, but my body helps me do really, really incredible things. And I don't, I don't worship it. I it's not body positivity but I also don't hate my body. It's just kind of, it's kind of the way of appreciating my body for where it's at and what it helps me do at this point in my life, no matter what it looks like. So I think it was, it was definitely a journey getting (laughs) to this place because there were some really, really dark times before this, but I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. There are still days. Mm -hmm. There are obviously still days where I'm like, you know, critiquing the way that my body looks but then I'll catch myself and be like well did it wake you up this morning is it going to take you to your job and hug your husband and pet your dogs you Mm -hmm. know what I mean so I don't know I just try to be thankful every day that I can go outside and play fetch with my dogs or you know cuddle loaf on the couch or feed Sunny a treat the fact that I can do this so yeah I think that part of like the body the body image thing and like my dogs, you asked if they played a part in it. And they did just because there were days when I didn't want to get out of bed, didn't want to look at myself, like didn't want to talk to anyone. But it's like, you have to take care of your dogs, you have to get up. So it's like, mm-hmm. they were really the driving force for years, like of me ever leaving the house, right? Or ever getting up and moving around. Like when there were days that I just didn't want to. So it's like, it makes me emotional. Why am I no. emotional? <laughs> so, Be yeah, emotional. They, I know I'm like, am I about to cry? You know, but they actually really, really helped me a lot when it came to like the mental health and, mm-hmm. and the body image part, the dark parts of my life. So shout out my dogs. <laughs> well, and you, so if you're 28 now, I guess you got sunny whenever you were oh gosh. like 20, right? Because he's eight. Yes, she's eight and we got her when she was two. Okay, okay. So, so you... it's been six years. Okay. Yeah, that's math. That's good math. Yeah. Uh, so like 22, early 20s. So she was in the thick of it, like with my alcohol addiction, which is, I guess, all what I'll call it because it was definitely not the brightest part of my life when mm-hmm. I was drinking all the time. And I don't know, I just felt awful. But again, you know, you have to, you have to get up and be a human. <laughs> right for your dogs and they along with dylan you know dylan is like the most incredible person i've ever met just helping me get through like some of the like really really hard times Mm -hmm. sunny's my a1 day one though she's been there for for everything (laughs) for all of it like all the moves and all the bad parts and all the good parts like loaf gets more attention on instagram because he likes taking pictures but sunny Mm -hmm. is like Sunny's my roll dog. Yeah, I love her. She's amazing. I love that. (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it. Okay, so speaking of Dylan, your husband, for how long? Husband since 2017, but we've been together for 10 and a half years. That's wild. Yeah, shout out Dylan. Dog dad. Dog dad. 
Yes. Okay. And you're, you're, so you're like really open about your sexuality. Like you even have a highlight where you're like giving like lots of, um, like examples and like encouragement. Encouragement is probably like the best way to describe it. And, um, like I remember seeing your page for the first time and like, I always go through people's highlights and like seeing that, I mean, like, this is like informative. Yeah. Like she was like, like, I remember in my head being like, dude, like she is informative. Like, I think I even messaged you about it. And was like, yeah, you I did. love this. Like, it's just, it's a, a great thing to see. And like some people obviously like see it as taboo to share yeah. online, but, um, what I find interesting is that you really didn't tell everyone until like 10 years after realizing that you were queer. And so like, what was that like to tell Dylan and like, how did he react? And like, what has like the experience been like with your sexuality and like, how has that kind of given you confidence over time? That's a really great question. (laughs) I'm so happy you asked. This is something I could speak on for hours. I won't, I won't take up hours, but so, hmm, I... I know I've said it. Uh, I'm a very sassy person. Mm-hmm. I am a very sassy person and I'm very sure of myself. I may have had some like, you know, some body image issues here and there, but if there's something that I've always been sure of, it's me like mm-hmm. as a person. So it's funny because I want to preface this with, I love Dylan's mom. I do love okay. Dylan's mom, <laughs> but I want to preface this by saying I came out because of her closed-minded views on what a relationship should be. Okay. And it's, it's, I guess it's in a way it's because I felt like I needed to prove myself, Mm -hmm. but I, Dylan knew, but Mm -hmm. we were having the conversation out loud. I had a girlfriend in the summer before 10th grade. I don't know what year that would have been probably 2010. Mm -hmm. I had my very first girlfriend, my only girlfriend, actually, I haven't had like any other girlfriends it's just been her my one boyfriend in high school who turned out to be gay ironically and then Dylan who Mm -hmm. ended up being my husband so that's been kind of my experience but we were having a conversation with Dylan's mom and I think it was pretty early into the relationship (laughs) thinking back on it and somehow it came up that I had had a girlfriend or that I had kissed a girl Mm -hmm. and I was talking about this with Dylan's mom she was, she's very religious, like goes to church every Sunday. And, you know, I don't think she meant to have a closed minded view, but she's, she said something like, well, you're not going to cheat on Dylan, are you? Or you're not gonna, you're still straight. Right. Or something. It was something like that. It was something like you kissed a girl, but you know, you're Mm -hmm. not going to do this. I can't, it was so long ago. I said, well, actually, you know, sexuality is pretty fluid. You know, Mm -hmm. I could, I could have kissed like 10 girls and then ended up with Dylan. And then that doesn't mean I'm going to cheat. And I feel like that is such, that's such a big part of why I talk about things because people like to put other people in a box and it's like, sure, some people have a label on their sexuality and they're like, this specifically is what I like. And this specifically is all I've ever done. Mm -hmm. But for me, like I said, it's been kind of like. I've been with straight people I've been with a woman I've been with a queer man and now I've been with a straight man and it's like 
with that view and with my experiences, like I just have always been so passionate about like people can just love people. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. I always say it's the hearts, not the parts because I'm pansexual. That's kind of what I go by. It's okay. like, I don't care what, like what kind of parts you have down there. It's like, if I'm attracted to you, it's because you are just a genuinely really, really cool person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's taboo to say, like some people listening to this will probably be like, oh, she has a husband and she's saying this. Right. But it's like, I'm, I'm really passionate about not losing who you are just because you are in a relationship. Uh, my attraction to kind of everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> is not going to change because I'm married. And if I said that, if I said, I'm, I don't have attractions to other people because I'm married, I would be a liar. Right. And it's Anyone like, who I, says that, I feel like. Right. Be a liar. Like, we're humans we all have (laughs) attractions and it's like whether you choose to cheat on your significant other or whether you choose to simply just be attracted to people for who they are Mm -hmm. it's like two different things two totally different things and I feel like people that's why people don't like to talk about it and that's why people don't like to bring it up to their partners Mm -hmm. because it took me so long to come out because I lived in the south all my life right And it's like a totally different climate. And then actually when I got to California, which is when I came out publicly, it was the Corgi community that helped me. No fucking way. Yeah. It always goes back to the dogs. It's, um, I did not know this, but like, this is so perfect. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to say their names because they're publicly out. If they weren't publicly out, I wouldn't say their names, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but Iggy the Corgi, uh, their mom, Gilda. Okay. And then, uh, Adventures with Finn, uh, their moms, Kayla and Miley. I connected with them in California and it was the first time I had seen like, like lesbian couples Mm -hmm. going out to dog parks with their dogs and like going to hang out with friends like as a couple, because you don't really see that in the South a lot. Oh no. And I was like, even going to say like part of like kind of what we were joking about at first, like and being part of Appalachia is like the Bible belt culture. Yeah, exactly. And like, even if you don't consider yourself religious, like it truly is just like a cultural aspect of this area to still have some of those views. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be dangerous to say that you're attracted to the same sex when you're in the South. I oh my like, gosh. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. People, people see it on movies and people probably heard it, like hear it being talked about, but mm-hmm. like, actually, if you grew up in the Bible Belt, it's dangerous to say, like, if you're a woman that you've kissed another woman, or if you're a mm-hmm. man who slept with another man, like it's actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then when I came out publicly in 20. 18 2018 I believe it was pretty recent it was it was not that long ago I posted it on Facebook and the first thing my dad said was can you take this down so the family members don't see it and you're embarrassing your husband those were the two things that my dad said to me um when I came out publicly and when I had a girlfriend he called me a carpet muncher as like an insult. Yeah. And so 
I know that's pretty crude to say like on the podcast, but I just want to, I just want to give everyone like a, well, it, like like it kind of reflects like how we were just saying, like, it is dangerous to come it out, is. like where, like in this type of cultural area, it's, I mean, okay. Yeah. We're not like back in the, yeah, like in the old know, days right like yeah. you're literally like not like gonna physically well I mean you could be physically you could that's hurt, what I'm saying but like never know. but emotion like the emotional hurt is yeah. almost a hundred percent certain yeah and I had friends who refused to acknowledge it people who just didn't want to talk about it my dad who was calling me names and was saying it was a phase and saying I was embarrassing the family which Dylan was the first person to know when mm-hmm. I said I was going to come out, he's the first person. And he went to my first pride ever with me actually in California. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's on having a supportive spouse. And if you are queer, please find yourself a spouse that will support you and like who you are as an individual. Don't lose yourself. If I can say anything that anyone takes away from this podcast, <laughs> it's do not lose yourself in Mm -hmm. a relationship with someone else no matter how long you've been in that relationship and if you want to come out in a relationship that you're currently in like you feel like you want to Mm -hmm. then you should do it because it's liberating and if your partner doesn't support you then they don't deserve you to be honest (laughs) so I could stay on the soapbox all day long but yeah honestly it's the it was the Corgi community in 2018 in California like seeing lesbians be out with their partners um gave me the courage to then mm-hmm. come out and just kind of be who I was and say screw anyone who doesn't like me because like I'm really cool and if you don't yeah. like me then you're losing <laughs> hell yeah I love how that circled back mm-hmm. literally about the dogs love it like so perfect like I did not plan this I didn't know about it but like so perfect surprise <laughs> so freaking perfect okay <laughs> So do you feel like being more inclusive and open on your Instagram, um, you know, even though it's like filled with dog pictures and some people like are just wanting it for, for the dog pictures or like the product photos, like kind of how you talked about, because you are a great photographer. Like, let's not Stop, forget that. You. <laughs> um, but do you ever feel like talking about it on Instagram can like translate into something bigger in the world? That's kind of like a loaded question. I think that's kind of the hope, right? Because mm-hmm. I think maybe some of us have the page literally to just share our dogs, but the ones that end up making it bigger, like mm-hmm. talking about life and sharing, our, like sharing our literal souls. I feel like a lot of us just want to be met with like, thank you for saying that. Or I feel seen or like I came out, you know, mm-hmm. or I talked to my partner about this eating disorder or I got a therapist right you know I feel like we when we share ourselves it's it's to help other people or to help other people know that they're not alone and they're not the only ones going through something so I can only hope that by me sharing literally any part of myself it has let people know that like you're not alone like you're seen and like, we're all going through the shit. Some of us keep it to ourselves, but mm-hmm. some of us open up and share it. And like, I'm in this with you. Yes. 
Because it's always a human behind the dog account. Right, exactly. 100%. That is like, you spoke that so well. Like you literally (laughs) took the words out of my mouth. I'm about to cry. I'm so emotional right now. (laughs) Let's just take a deep breath. Let's pause (laughs) quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Like you literally took the words out of my mouth. Um, Because that's exactly how I feel too. Like the hope is that you know, it does translate into something bigger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe like, I always think about like, if it's, you know, if I reach a hundred people and a hundred people take it and like, actually, you know, utilize like the thing that I was talking about, or like in some way, whether it gave them courage or made them reach out to somebody or whatever. And then they go on and are open and talk about that to somebody else. Okay. Well, that could affect three more people per person. Okay. So now you're at like 300 people. Yeah. And like, you know, the, like it just keeps like exponentially growing. That's how change happens. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's just like, I always feel like, and I think it kind of circles back to, to what you were asking earlier. And like, what do you do whenever you get those negative comments? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, the 15 people that commented the good things, like to the one person that commented the negative or that felt the negative, like that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking on that, can I just shout out someone really quick who's like, who's oh, going 100%. through it? Allie of My Wonderless Mutts, who okay. openly shares her her lesbian relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you follow her or if you see the hate that she gets when she shares it during Pride Month. But I just want to applaud her. Like, this is totally unplanned, but it's like on the forefront of my mind. Mm-hmm. Do like, it. I want to applaud her. her. <laughs> yeah, because she just, she shares so openly and she gets so much hate for it because her account's bigger again. Like, okay. Like her videos go viral and people yeah. are just hateful. So Allie, if you ever listen to this, I think you're really cool. So like, you're, you're doing great. <laughs> I just had to say that because I don't know how she deals with it. It would drive me crazy. It's just like, like you said, the 15 good people. Yeah. That's like, that's, I feel like that's, that's all that how matters. you have to think about it. And like, I mean, it's like, you can't be dumb, right? Like you, right. you know that like putting something out there could potentially get hate. Absolutely. And you just have to like, keep that mission. I feel like going into it, like you literally, you literally have to be so passionate and have a mission mm-hmm. that if you don't, and you're just like randomly like posting that that like, that's when it actually does hurt because yeah. you don't have like the, the bigger why, like the bigger passion behind it. Right. Like, you're I feel not. like, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Good. Like, I just feel like it does sometimes like the backstory, like has to be there sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Cause then that's why you keep going and you keep pushing past it and you keep posting the things that might hurt. Mm-hmm. Hoping that like, the person who needs to see it will see right. it. That's right. why it's there. Right. Yeah. Because like, I always feel like if, if I'm ever like questioning something, I always go back to, well, I never want other people to feel like how I have felt in my lowest times. And I mm-hmm. have never wanted people to experience what I have because of somebody else's like mental illness because of of the stigma that came with it and like how like the lack of support that they had and how it kind of like 
intensify things. And so I always go back to that. And I'm like, that's, that's the reason that I talk about these like harder things is that like, that's the mission. Like that's the why. Love that. I love your why. Oh, I love you. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) And to the haters, thanks for boosting the algorithm. Like you're just pushing the message further. So bad press is still press. (laughs) Period. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last question. Yes. (laughs) okay what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you I think to me having a dog mom mentality means really just pushing through the hardship like that (laughs) it sounds so it's not like it's not big and it's not a bold statement but it's just like the Mm nitty-gritty the dog mom mentality is getting up taking care of yourself the way that you take care of your dogs because you have to loving yourself and allowing yourself to heal and grow. And that's what it is to me. That's what dogs are to me. So it's like when I have a dog mom mentality, it's really just pushing through the hardship and healing and loving yourself, period. (laughs) Mic drop. You (laughs) just gave me a brilliant idea and I can't say it right now, but I just want you to know that like you just like lit up a, a like a huge light bulb in my head oh my gosh I'm honored and I, I will tell you, you after yes sweet stop the recording <laughs> yes I'm ready oh my gosh let's go dm me right now okay okay all right so that wraps up this beautiful conversation Woo. literally like such an amazing conversation Um, And if you could just tell everyone where to find you and the dogs and Dylan on Instagram. Yeah, you could find us at Pack of Hobbits. Hit me up. (laughs) For all the coffee, photography, and and doggos. And horror sometimes. Yes. Spooky season fanatic over here. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say? I feel like you're full of wisdom, honestly. (laughs) I honestly just want to say thank you for having me. Like when you reached out to me, I look up to you because of your content so much. Stop. So like coming on the show (laughs) is really cool to me. Like I've been talking to Dylan about it for weeks, ever since you asked me to come on the show. I'm like, I have a podcast uh, to be on. Can you set me up? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and just to let everyone know, like D looks way more official than me because. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Dylan. Yeah, shout out Dylan because he like has this whole setup for his like actual job. Yeah. And then yeah, it's really nice actually. Like I'm I'm really jealous. I didn't come to play. I came here yeah. to impress. Yeah. <laughs> like it looks like she should have been the one that's like interviewing me. So we love it. We love it. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank um you for having me. Of course. Okay, bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>